CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, it's Friday, April 3rd, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. I was planning on using today's podcast to do a, a, a rewind of a, a game I've been watching this week, Texas A&M versus Kansas State from 1998. But I'm going to bring in Chris Hummer, a national writer for 24-7 Sports, because Chris, the other day we promised our listeners that if there were any updates on college football's 2020 fate, we would come back and talk about it. And sure enough, I think we have a few things to talk about, right? Just just a couple. I think there's been some reporting the last uh, day or so that have opened some eyes in college football circles, and it's it's kind of compelling to see the ideas that ADs and presidents are throwing around to kind of make this season happen in any way possible. Well, I feel really good about a lot of this stuff, and I think, and we'll get to all of it. We've got Brett McMurphy from Stadium. We've got Chip Brown, our own Chip Brown, and our guy from Horns 24-7, and they've got reports out right now of – college football's plan B, plan C, plan D, E, contingency plans for staging this season. And this, the backdrop, of course, is the coronavirus pandemic that as we buckle up for a month of April that we're being told is going to be really bad and somber and just sort of a deadly time in our country, we're starting to get reports now that it looks like we, we're going to try to have some sort of college football season, which is Sort of a change of tune, at least you know from three days ago, four days ago, when we are worried about like, is this thing going to get canceled? Because it's clear in reading what everybody's writing, Power Five and Group of Five athletic directors are making it clear we need the money from football season. We're going to find a way to make this work, Chris. And one of the one of the things that's being suggest, suggested is pushing back the season if you had to to the spring, like. Like staging, like starting a season in mid March or January and playing playoff games in May. You've got the idea of starting a delayed season in October or November and finishing in the spring. You've got the idea of playing a nine game conference only schedule that starts in late September or October and going through there. Chris, like everything seems to be on the table here. Is there a contingency plan that piques your interest the most? Yeah, I think it's just situation dependent. If I'm being honest, the plan that piques my interest the most is just to start the season a little late and cut off the non-conference games. But even that kind of comes with its own set of problems because those G5 schools and those FCS schools are so dependent on that revenue from those games to kind of start the season. Um, a spring football season sounds nice. Like It'd be dope to have the NFL in the fall and then college football in the spring. The, ma- the ratings are going to be massive if it's in the spring. What are you competing against? NBA basketball like in the regular season at the last minute, which nobody really watches until the playoffs. And then you've got the Masters for a week. But other than that, other than March Madness, like college football would dominate that space. But I think even that presents some issues because 
I know like I know money is going to win out, but there are some safety concerns about making college athletes essentially compete in uh, two football seasons within six months. That's going to be a pretty big strain on everybody's bodies. And I realize that people are going to say we have spring football anyway, but competing in a full season is considerably different than 15s practices in the spring. But I think having college football in general is a positive. So these ideas all sound nice, but I maybe just as a traditionalist really like the idea of the season happening in some capacity in the fall. It just fits in the fall. It feels like fall. And I think it, it maybe it's also just because it's a simpler, more elegant solution. But I think the fall is where college football belongs and it'd be nice to see it stay there. I just don't know if um, if the virus is going to allow that to happen. I think the spring is an important date because most of the kind of research has said that a vaccine, if it's available, will be available about a year from the original breakout, a year to a year and a half. And that would put it around next spring. So that could be a time where you could bring people back in safely, which is why I think the spring is coming up quite a bit. Yeah, not to even mention the fear of a COVID-19 boomerang in the winter and would that put everything on hold? I, I don't know. Like, if you play the season and you started in January, you get to May. I mean, I'm kind of fun. Like, I can talk myself into some Cinco de Mayo bowl games. But you get to May and you're like, all right, let's say you've got a playoff with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and they just they just got drafted. <laughs> Those guys are going to go play in a playoff game? And I know that college baseball has the draft and then a few weeks later the College World Series begins. So that's a little bit different because a lot more guys get drafted and the, the risk for injury is in my opinion, way less in college baseball. So there's some there's some flaws there. I that's don't actually the, that's that's a ahead. really good point and something I hadn't thought about. Like I don't even think it's just the playoffs. I think if you're in the spring and you're a projected first round draft pick, are you really gonna play that close to the NFL draft a full season? Like I don't if you're think Micah so, Parsons like, and I'm not I'm just like throwing Micah Parsons. Or name Trevor out Lawrence. There. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, any of those guys, like are you really gonna risk yourself that close to the draft? when you're like given that the only tape we have to go off of is last year and you're at a huge advantage compared to the rest of your class, are you going to risk yourself in even a regular season game for your team? Like three months ahead of the draft. I don't, I don't know if I would in that situation. Well, logistically think about it. Even if, even if Trevor Lawrence wasn't worried about getting hurt and I know Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Michael Parsons love playing college football, but these guys are all still playing college football because that's what the rule says they must do. They're playing college football out of a necessity, out of a void to fill their year in which they otherwise wouldn't be able to play football because they're not in the NFL yet. But right, you get to April, and Trevor Lawrence is looking at, I've got OTAs, I've got a draft, I've got preseason in August. I have a rookie NFL season, my actual career starting in four months, and I'm going to be playing a season right now. And then you extrapolate that just to college football in general, Chris. You finish your season in May, and then you play again in August. If you're still on the, like, you, okay, right? And think about the entire NFL draft pool. You get drafted, seven rounds worth of draft picks. And these guys are all supposed to be fresh for a season, an NFL season that really gets going in August for, for preseason. So it's going to be interesting. Like, will NFL teams tell their guys not to, if you get drafted, you're not going to play anymore. Will, will college players who are first round picks just sit out the entire season? Cause you're literally at the point where preparing for the draft is the best thing that you can do for your career. 
it's going to be interesting. I hate to be a wet blanket about all this because I love the fact that we're talking about how we can play this season rather than are we going to play the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's nice to have a scenario where we're not talking doom and gloom, but I think there's just so many logistical hurdles with this that a spring season or a spring schedule, I think would have to be shortened considerably to kind of make it work. You'd be at that point looking at the same scenario at the fall, in my opinion. I really don't think you could be playing the college football playoff uh, during Cinco de Mayo or something to that effect. But um, money, as we talked about last time, kind of kind of means everything in this sport. And given how dependent they are on football revenue, it's just hard to see them missing that season at all. I just don't know if you can have a full season in the spring and make it work, given the way the calendar works right now. Yeah, who knows? I mean, they might be able to get a full season off in the fall. Also, State Sandy, what, go ahead. Also, it's just like another point, like high school football, like if college football doesn't happen, high school football isn't happening in the fall. Like, are we going to go two years in a row without an evaluation period if the evaluation periods are normally supposed to be in the spring while people are actually playing football? Yeah, like, but college college programs aren't worried about that. Like the AD would be like, all right, I'm sorry, you don't get your second evaluation period for the second, your evaluation period for the second year in a row, but like I've well, got money to make. ADs aren't worried about that, but I'm t- the quality of the sport will be worried sure. about that. Like co- well, coaches it, will certainly be worried about that. And, and I, I realize the big picture decision makers aren't going to really factor that in, but it is something to consider when you talk about the long-term quality of the sport and the long-term health of the sport. There's no question, though, regardless, the long-term quality of college football is going to be impacted for the next several years as we try to get back on cycle. Even if you do play a normal season this year, the quality is going to be less. You didn't get spring ball. You hardly are going to get summer conditioning yada yada and then you want to talk about quality well you've got a ton of programs out there who weren't able to make the evaluations they usually make this spring and yeah if you play next spring you're going to miss that too so it will be interesting of course i would vote for anything that allows us to play college football this fall do we like the idea of and i mean like is a relative sense i would love for conference or or for non-conference football to happen this year i would love to watch Texas versus LSU and Clemson versus Notre Dame. Oregon versus Ohio State. Oregon yeah, lots versus of Ohio State sure. in week two. You know, and what's interesting too is like, okay, you they say let's play a nine game non conference shortened season, and you say that with the expectation that by playing the non by cutting out non conference games, you're cutting out September. Well, Alabama and Georgia play in week three, so you're going to have to figure something out. Is a nine game season enough i think a nine game season this is probably another conversation because this type of the interesting thing about these conversations is it brings you on so many different branching paths and i think a nine game season and a nine game conference season is ultimately maybe it's 25 years from now or maybe it's 50 years from now but i think it's ultimately the future of the sport you're going to have the biggest teams playing against the biggest teams and some of the smaller teams like as sad as it will be are going to probably kind of fall by the wayside over time. And I think if you shorten the season to that regard, you play your conference schedule as set up. I think that's kind of a window into what the future will be like. I don't I don't think that changes anything. Like other than like the stray non-conference game between a major power and a major power, like we're not we're not determining the national championship or determining any championship in the non-conference schedule. For all intents and purposes, it's a warm-up. And we've seen in the past that those warm-ups while they kind of dictate what happens later in the season and they play into our debates about the college football playoff that we like to have, they ultimately don't have very much to do with who makes the college football playoff for the most part. And I think determining a champion wouldn't be impacted all that much by chopping that off. It'd be really disappointing if you're a Clemson fan and you 
just have to <laughs> essentially go through the ACC schedule. And it's disappointing if you're a college football playoff committee and you have to base a Clemson off of that schedule. But other than that, like the SEC is still where the SEC is at. Like USC is going to have a really tough path in the Pac-12. Oklahoma and Texas are still going to play if you do a conference schedule. And if you cut out those non-conference games that essentially cut out September, you can maybe have flexibility to push the season into January and February without kind of rocking the rest of the calendar. And you could spread things out a little bit more. So I think a shortened season makes a lot of sense in this scenario if we're talking about having to delay the season additionally. Um, so much to so much to dive. You're, you said it right. You just start talking. You just dive into. I'm thinking it seemed you know we talked about a week ago. Could they play without fans in the stands? But that seems silly. Yeah, that's acknowledging that there's a risk. Yeah, but this still is a- allowing the players to. I mean, and and we we've be, we've moved beyond the point with the coronavirus where it's like a extended period of time interacting with someone. Like this thing can be transmitted by breathing. That you know we're probably a few days away from all trying to wear masks and scarves when we go to the grocery store. So you're going to say no, the fans cannot come to the game, but we're going to have the players line up across from each other for four hours. That doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it's tough. And we've seen in the last, I think Oklahoma earlier today essentially canceled its, didn't cancel, but they made their um, whole summer uh, semester go online. And that takes them through July 31st. And we're to the point where like, we've already hit the July 31st cutoff that we've talked about before as kind of a needed date to get people back. And maybe you can justify bringing players back for like a mini camp or something during the summer with nobody on campus. Like I can see an athletic director kind of signing off for that. But as you said, it's really tough if the whole rest of the kind of community in the college is back home, it's really tough to see a president signing off on them playing a whole season. Money be like money aside, like it's just the optics of that are going to be so bad. And uh, I think that's just something that they're going to deal with. I think at a minimum, the spring might come up if students aren't allowed back. But if we don't have students in the fall, like college football season's in trouble for sure. Right. But all of these contingency plans point to them being desperate enough and the athletic directors, all of them collectively being desperate enough to play something in January. And that's, that's as radical as it gets. What's the average temperature in Ann Arbor, Michigan on January 5th? I don't know. I should have looked it up, but I lived in Des Moines, Iowa for a year, Chris. And one day, one week, it was minus two or like minus 10 or something for an entire week. So it's going to be cold. This is a radical idea. This is not what they want to have to do. They do not want to have to start the college football season in January. But the fact that they're talking about it lets us know that they're damn serious about playing a college football schedule this season because we've already seen the athletic department ramifications of not even having March Madness. Iowa State just initiated a salary cut on its coaches this year. So they they're they're going to have to play college football pending the entire world still being shut down just like this. Yeah, and it's hard to and like and this situation like the airline companies are getting bailed out by the government, but there's I can I do not envision a scenario where the federal government is willing to bail out the college athletic industry given all the headlines that would be associated with that. So um, college football does have to happen for college athletics as we know it to continue. But sometimes we don't have a choice in how that works. But I think I think something will happen. I think you can't even you can't even really do something like you would in the NBA, which is play everybody in the same city. I was just trying to go through my head, like, could we make it work where the SEC 
does what like so for example the texas high school football championships they bring everybody together for the state title game at AT at&t stadium over a weekend and i was thinking is it even possible to bring like 14 sec teams to mercedes-benz stadium and have them play not a round robin but have them play one game each over a single weekend and then do that every week kind of in a contained environment for the next um like 13 or 14 weeks and i don't even know how that would work no 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 these these are college students they're not even getting paid. You can't you can't hold them hostage. In oh, Atlanta I wasn't for, saying they have to stay in like, Atlanta. This is I like was Michael just trying Jordan to say in like Monstar a... stuff. What's up? No, no, I, I get it, but I think even that's a stretch for the NBA. Like, we'll see if the NBA can pull that off. We were talking about where they all go to Vegas and just kind of stay there in their environment. Yeah, like, I, like that's humanitarian. Like that's tough to ask for an, for a very well paid adult. Oh, I'm yeah. not even like I don't think the suggestion's reasonable, but the idea was like you can bus or f- most likely bus for the most of the SEC that works, except for Missouri and Texas. It's the only that, it's probably that, the only conference it works for, right? Yeah, well, it could work in the Pac-12. You could play in Los Angeles, um, but for the most part, like that's a possibility. But even that, which I think is like kind of reasonable on the surface, makes no sense logistically when you kind of think about it past step one. So like, it's, it's just a very difficult situation for athletic directors and presidents as I try to figure this out. But as you said, it is a positive that people are kind of throwing out anything possible to make it work because as we've said before, athletic departments are so dependent on that revenue that without it, it's just going to significantly shift what we're used to in college athletics. We're going to have to see. Uh, maybe you do 12 games and you do six from October to mid-November. But then you, you even get then, you might as well just finish the season. Who knows? Who knows, Chris? But I'm glad we're having this talk because I do feel better about the fate of this season today. This might be a... This might be... I was talking to... This is a little far-fetched, and I apologize for taking this subject. I talked to Mike Leach one time, and Mike Leach can... Mike Leach can go on for a while, and I was sitting outside a restaurant in Austin, and he brought up one time the idea of essentially a 64-team bracket in college football. And I realize this is not the way to replace it. But if you did like a super shortened season in college football, like, and let's say we did in January or February, and then you essentially made an NCAA tournament-style bracket like in the spring, that way it doesn't push until May, I think that's a possibility for making the season work. But even that comes with so many logistical hurdles, it's not even funny. But I think those are the type of ideas that's kind of out of nowhere ideas that people are going to have to think about to make this season happen if the virus kind of keeps pushing in the way it's projected to. We've all had to change our standard of living and our, you know, how we go about life. And if you had said a week ago that college football might think about playing in January, we would have said you're crazy. But I think, I think it's important enough for them to play it that the logistical nightmares of rescheduling everything to January through April, they could do it because the entire world has sort of had to readjust on the fly to, to tackle a deadly virus. I think it wouldn't be the, the hardest thing in the world for some people to figure out how to play college football. I think the moral of the story is to just, let's just keep staying inside and stay socially distanced and, and maybe we'll get, we'll get college football. So I'm going to hold on to this conversation as yeah. a, looking as a at you, of university of Texas weekend. student, looking at you, yeah, university yeah. of Texas students. Our alma mater did not do very well this week with uh, those UT students going to Cabo, but, um, Maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh, I'm going to stay folks. inside for my part because I'm a, a, a mature adult. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Thanks, Chris, for coming on and talking through some of these half-baked ideas that Power 5 Conference Commissioners threw at us this morning. Uh, if you appreciate what we're doing, guys, express your support by leaving us a five-star rating. Maybe you have a good idea for how we should play college football. You could leave that in a review. So for Chris and our, for, for our producer, Tony Levin, I'm Trey Scott. And we will see you on Monday for a more normal edition of the College Football Daily. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.